Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The visibility factor is brought to you in part by the Choose Your Life Challenge. Do you feel like it's too late to do something new? You have a good life and your basic needs are met. You have a place to live, a job that provides enough and friends and family to share it with. But it's all passing by so quickly and it feels like you're running out of time to do the things you wanted to do. Join Danielle McCombs and Christy Allinger, co-hosts of the Opposite of Small Talk podcast in a 30-day interactive experience that helps you to live a more intentional life. Through a combination of live sessions, video coaching, and digital social interaction, you will be guided through a series of ideas to explore your mindset and gain confidence to live the life you want. Sign up today by visiting theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge. Use promo code CHALLENGE4 for a 20% discount. That's theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge and promo code CHALLENGE4. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. I am so thrilled today to have my guest Natalie Pincham here today with me talking to you about success. I think it's going to be a great conversation and I can't wait to hear all the things that she's doing and I know you're going to learn a lot from her. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me. That's so exciting. Okay, so let's go through maybe a brief introduction about yourself so that everybody learns a little bit about what you do and your background and then we'll start the conversation. Okay, so I am a success and business coach. I work with high achievers who've uh, checked all those boxes of success, but they're feeling really stressed and really overwhelmed. And like that sense of internal success is out of reach, um, no matter how hard they work, right? They're, they're just, they're, they can get things done, but they are not getting closer to the things that really matter to them. So I love the work that I do. I'm passionate about it. Um, and I love seeing people move into their potential and start to go for their biggest goals and dreams and, um, and start to realize some of these biggest goals. I love that because I think everybody doesn't always take the time to think about that for themselves and spend the time on what they really, really want. How did you get to this place of really wanting to focus on success as an area for coaching? Well, I think that it's, um, it's, it's come around from my own personal experience of working really, really hard and then eventually hitting rock bottom, like full on burnout and um, realizing that what I was doing was not getting me any closer to really achieving the things that I most wanted in my life. Um, My life was great. It all looked good. My business was going well. Everything was 
kind of, you know, I, I, I had, I checked off all those boxes and yet there was something that was really out of alignment and I was really, really struggling. And I feel like that rock bottom moment was actually a huge, powerful turning point because it had me really tap into what I really wanted to do and how I line, how I wanted to line up my my energy to to really go towards the things I wanted to, to achieve, um, and to start to move towards the things that I hadn't had the confidence to go towards before. And I really believe that as we start to play bigger and we start to step into leadership, we can start to drive positive change because we impact those around us and when you start to do that it's I mean it's it's literally contagious it's so exciting to see other people go oh my god that story you told it really it opened up my thinking it changed everything for me I mean so that for me is um where I really decided that this was where my experience and my talents all came together in a way that just made so much sense. So that's why I'm obsessed with success and (laughs) what it means and how we can really find that authentic feeling of success. (laughs) I love that. So you and I speak the same language about a lot of things that you just said there, which I, that's what I love about you. Uh, You know what I think is interesting about this? Uh, You talked about them being authentic. You talked about them playing bigger and really just how they can create this person, this life for themselves that's different. What do you think prevents them from doing that? Um, I think that a lot of us, especially those of us who are high achievers and very driven to get results, um, we still don't have the tools that we need to really reach for the things that we really want. Um, and I think that what happens when, when we, when we get, we can get caught in a really negative cycle, you know, high achievers will, when they're faced with a challenge, they'll dig in and they'll work harder, right? They'll, they'll, they'll put more effort in and, and what mm-hmm. happens is they end up burning out. But this, this cycle is that they work harder, they still don't get the results that make it feel worth the sacrifices that they're making. So they get more frustrated and then they work harder <laughs> and they still keep trying to figure it out. Um, and what I've discovered is that many high achievers are actually afraid to make mistakes. They're afraid of the unknown And deep down, they're afraid that they're not good enough. And they're afraid of being rejected. So they live their lives trying to please other people. And part of that involves shrinking themselves to fit in. And so that's not a great place to be. (laughs) We don't thrive when when we're shrinking ourselves in. Yes, because I have been there. And it's not a good place to be at all. No, it is not good. <laughs> oh, wow. So have you seen, I think there's been a lot of studies and everything, you know, in the last few years specifically around people's mental health, burning out and all of that. Have you seen a tremendous increase in your own clients or in companies that you're working with? And what do you think 
the solution um, is? I have. I've seen a big uptick in that. And I think that um, in most of my clients, that sense of overwhelm and stress is actually the number one thing that's holding them back. Um, and yes, and I think that's why a lot of people are talking about it now, which is great because it wasn't being talked about enough before. And um, I think that that's, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's chronic and it's an epidemic for, you know, there's so many, so many people who are living with this level of burnout. And part of that is that the modern world is just so demanding of our time and attention. We have so many ways of, um, making demands on other people's time now that we didn't have before. And the expectations just keep ramping up. You know, you need to be contactable 24 hours a day. And it's like, it's just um, <laughs> the, the standards that we're setting ourselves are about production and uh, results and not so much about balance and giving ourselves space to grow and breathe and and be and um and i think that this is where you know when things get so so out of balance um we just can't actually be productive anymore and that cannot be the the one and only thing that we all focus on we have to think about space for rejuvenation and growth and just enjoyment, <laughs> enjoyment of life. Yeah. I mean, I think that is very true because a lot of, you know, companies that I've definitely been a part of or seen, that is not the thing that's rewarded, right? Um, taking space and time is a luxury that many people don't get to experience. And for those leaders who do recognize that, I think it does help their teams get more creative, have more innovation, um, be able to think about where the company's going or where their department's going. But not giving the space to do that, it just is, you know, I'm picturing like when you were talking about um, not being able to move forward, I picture them like being on this treadmill and they just cannot get off. They can never stop and they just have to keep getting faster. Uh, they don't get to to slow down ever. So what are things that you do with them to help them work through this? It really depends on where the biggest pain points are. Um, for someone who is a business owner, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, you know, sometimes the focus is going to be around creating a life plan, which they haven't necessarily thought about, and then aligning that with the business plan. So creating a coherent plan for both life and business that actually makes sense and supports all your goals, not just your productivity and income goals, but also um, your well-being goals and your your dreams and like traveling or whatever else. Um, and that's all really, really supported by tapping into your core values. So core values and really identifying those, um, that is a really big part of the work that I do with all my clients. Um, it can actually take some time to dig into and really identify which are the ones that we want to build our lives around. 
And then, um, so yes, that's, that's something that I would, I work with, with, um, executives as well, like really, um, doing a deep dive around that. And then the next phase of that is really around, um, Mm -hmm. understanding, um, the ways that we show up energetically in the world. So I use, um, a toolbox from, um, that's built around energy leadership, which really helps people identify the, the way that they show up currently, how they show up under stress. And the disconnect between those two things is really always so, so stunning. You know, when you get your results on that, you're like, what? Um, but it makes so much sense. And then the third part, which is so empowering, is getting to choose how you want to show up going forward. And we can literally start mapping that out and moving towards showing up at a much higher level of energy and enjoyment and connectivity with others as well. It's almost like taking, you know, where you're feeling this negative energy and redirecting it into something positive, right? Because action always removes fear, helps you move forward. Uh, I love that. And I love the idea of the plan. I'm actually recording a podcast about that (laughs) as well uh, today. So this will be a good follow-up for this one. Uh, You know, and what's interesting, I just met with a client before we um, got on to record. And when you were talking about the overwhelm and burnout, he was starting to feel in just not in a good place. Like, But he Mm. thought he was sick. He thought he was getting the flu. And as he kind of kept waiting for the fever to show up or some, you know, none of that happened. And he realized that's not what's happening. I'm actually yes. burned out. I'm I'm so low energy that I thought I was sick, but it's actually something mm-hmm. else happening for me. So it it seems like that might be a sign, right? Where you start to feel run down, tired, don't have a ton of energy. What are other signs that people could look for that tell them they're on this path? to overwhelm and burnout, and they might need to pay attention? Um, So some of the things to watch out for is um, not not, uh, experiencing the same kind of enjoyment out of your work and your personal life that you used to have, or doing activities that used to, you know, light you up, and they're not doing that anymore. Um, It can also be just this feeling like you were just describing about being on a treadmill and like, okay, I got to gather all my energy and, and throw myself into this project because I have to, but really you don't have a sense that there's going to be a a good outcome. You know, you're going to pour all your time and energy into it, but you don't have the sense that when I do that, I'm going to be closer to what I really want. Um, or, or closer to the person that I really want to be or that the outcome is going to be meaningful to me. Um, when you start to have that sense that you're just pouring energy out and nothing is coming back in, nothing is feeding you in, res- in response, then that's a pretty sure sign that you're getting on a path to burnout and that when we start to feel burnt out, we can start to see that a lot of the ways that we're spending our time just don't truly feel um, valuable to us. Not really, not when we dig in and we're not feeling, um, we don't have the inner resources and capacity to restore ourselves and to 
you know, resource ourselves um, and come back at things with a fresh perspective and fresh mm-hmm. energy anymore. It's almost like I wish there was some class <laughs> that they would teach in, you know, high school or college, yeah. right? That talks a little bit about that because I think uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier this morning and the whole topic was around self-care. And that was definitely something I was not mm. great at. Um, and I think it's just understanding the importance of that and taking the time to do that, which is also something I think many leaders in companies don't think about, right? They also are very much on the treadmill of getting things done and that's what's important and that's what I'm going to be measured against and that's how I succeed. Are you doing anything to help people think about their self-care differently and are you seeing that in the people that you're working with? Definitely. This is um, a huge component of uh, addressing the burnout is thinking about strategies that really help. And um, in fact, one of the first things to do is to not overload them with a lot of strategies <laughs> and things to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because one of That's the a good first point. things that high achievers do is they create a list and then it's another thing on the list. So um, one of the ways we we start to address it is to start taking things off the list, off you know, start to unweight um, the the list. So there's fewer things to attend to every day, but to make sure that the things that they that we are paying attention to um, are you know helping to create some balance and are restorative, that there's something in the day that's, that's restorative as well. So yeah, that's a big part of it is to um, move at a pace uh, that is supportive and um, not, you know, overly burdensome. So I'm not, I don't give my clients like 15 things to do this week. <laughs> that's, that's no one going to help. <laughs> and then we, do, we, we really zero in on, on the thing that's that is going to make the most difference so that within the next week they start to feel a little bit better they start to see some gains and then we can say okay so now we're going to do this um so i think that that's really crucial is to uh, you know that's where having a coach is really so helpful is because they can say this is the thing that you need to do this week because it's going to make the most difference and then if you, you know, you do that, it really does. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So, Magic, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever had anyone when you tell them, like, this is kind of the thing you need to do. And if, if I think about myself and what my calendar would have looked like back when I was still working, you know, multiple meetings at the same time, day in, you know, back to back to back all day. What kind of resistance do you face from people? Because I would imagine if they were like I was at that point, I can't not be in these meetings. I can't avoid these things. I have to do them. What are some things that they're telling you? And then how do you help them see that that's maybe not a good thing? Right. Yeah. And this is, this is a thing I do get a lot is, but I have to, I have to go to all these meetings. I have to, I have to, I have to. And so that that sense of obligation of, you know, of, of having to do that because it's your job, you know, um, or it's your family and you can't say no, that is very, very hard to start to, um, find some, to create some space in there. But, um, by, by creating, um, by really looking at everything that's on the calendar and, and looking at, 
um, what the, your values are, what your priorities are, we can start to find a few things that we can say, you know, these aren't the highest priority. So that meeting that you have every Wednesday at one, it's nice to have, but it's not a need to have. And so we're going to address that. Um, let's see, you know, what, what needs to happen? You know, what communication needs to happen so that that meeting could maybe happen once a month instead of every week or um, just via Slack instead of face-to-face, you know, things like that. So how we, we really troubleshoot around those, those places where there is some space um, and where boundaries need to be drawn. So, for example, I have a client who was taking calls, you know, right till 11 p.m. at night from her office. And it's, she works in a very high-pressure environment, and she felt that that was absolutely what she had to do. Um, but it was she has young children, and it, was just, it just made her evening so stressful. And she wasn't enjoying time with her family the way she wanted. She didn't have time to exercise. She didn't have time to cook when, you know, when she wanted. So she, you know, together we worked out a way for her to just communicate that she needed to finish work at 6 p.m. every day and just leave work behind for those, you know, that it wasn't such a long time because she would go back into work at 6 a.m. the next day. So really she just, you know, she just <laughs> needed to breathe. So then she had this amazing yes. experience of, of having her evenings back to herself. Um, and, you know, when she communicated that to her boss, he was actually super supportive. <laughs> it was like, yeah, of course you need to have your evenings to yourself. And then they figured out a whole different way of communicating and doing a touch, touch point meeting first thing in the morning instead. And it, it shifted things for him as a result. It made her more productive when she showed up to work. She actually got uh, promoted shortly after because of the amazing work she was doing. Oh, you know, so there's just, there's such a... Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, looking at your schedule and really like digging into, is this actually essential or can we shift some things here and give you a bit more of, you know, the life that you really want? Oh my gosh. Thanks for sharing that. Cause that is very impactful, right? Just to show it's the changing of the schedule, but it's also asking for what you need and what you want. Yes. And I think that is something uh, yes. traditionally that doesn't happen. Uh, for fear of, you know, they may not say yes, or they may tell me that's not possible, or they may hold it against me. You know, some cultures Mm -hmm. are very much like that's, you got to do what you got to do to get this job done. And if that means you work 12 hours, you work 12 hours. But I think it's not healthy. And it's not good for the person, Mm -hmm. they need to recharge their batteries and have time to think. Otherwise, they just, it's like the treadmill again, all over again. Yes, exactly. Uh, So I want to read this to you because uh, I I captured this from what you put in uh, your guest form to join the show. And I just found it, the language, really cool. So I want to share this out loud and then have you respond. So your success program that you offer to people is described as something for people with online businesses who focus on a hustle first inner work later approach. And I'm wondering how much of that is that person feeling like that's what they have to do. And how much of that is society or 
other experiences that they've seen that they have adopted. Which do you think is true? Is it more culture and society driving that for them? Or it's really just who they are and what they want to do? So that's such a great, great question, Susan. Thank you. Um, I think it's a bit of both. So on the one hand, I do think that it's, you know, it's the industry that you're in where the majority of people are in this kind of hustle culture and they, and all the messages that you're getting are that you need to hustle or you're going to lose, right? Everyone who's hustling is going to be further ahead than you and they're going to win and you are going to lose. This is a really strong negative messages, right? <laughs> it's like, I have to, have to, have to keep, keep up with everyone else. And then the other piece of that is as a, as an aside is that, Everything is changing so fast. The way that we work is changing so fast. So there's this constant need to keep up with innovation, with what works now, with, um, oh, you know, that's so last year, you can't use that strategy anymore. No one's doing that. You know, so you, you're, just, you're just out of the loop because you just didn't keep up with us. You know, so there's a lot of that that's driving the hustle. And then there is the personality. There is the high achiever personality, the very driven person. Um, that you know, those are the people that I specialize in working with. And that is very much the psychology of that person. Is I I have to perform at my best. That you know, even to excellence, I have to bring excellence every day all the time to everything I do. Now talk about <laughs> setting an impossible standard again, you know, so it's, it, you know, put those things together and you are going to end up at some point hitting a wall because it's too, too much to carry. Yeah. It's very pressure filled, right? Uh, I think about, you know, even my experience in corporate, and then I probably have, you know, c- kept some of those habits that maybe are not the, the best habits of working a lot uh, but I think it, the challenge for me is different. In corporate, I had a lot of expectations that I needed to meet and deliverables and all of that kind of stuff. But now it's, you know, in your own business, you love it so much mm-hmm. and you want to work on it. And so it's a different feeling of working a lot. It feels like, okay, this is for me what I wanted to do, what I wanted to create, and it's happening. And I can see that it's making a difference. So how do you help people in that situation where it is what they love to do? It's just maybe not the best thing for them to do so much. Well, actually, you know, that is, that is um, that's something that I personally have also had to grapple with because I absolutely love what I do. Um, I think about coaching, personal development, business development in my free time. I'm just, you know, this is, this is what I live and breathe all the time. I love it so much. So mm-hmm. I relate. <laughs> um, and when you, when you think that way, then your business becomes a vehicle for bringing your greatest gifts to the world. Right. And so, um, you start to see that you can make a difference. You can make an an impact. And so, of course, that's just going to light that fire even more for you. Um, But I think in, uh, you know, again, if if we really dig into what are your core values, what is it that you're truly wanting to achieve? And then when we isolate goals that maybe are not completely tied into the business, um, 
that we need to prioritize at the same time. So let's say that one part of your business is you know, driving revenue, but then maybe another key goal is around your health and well-being. So let's, instead of saying, well, I'm going to prioritize the business and the revenue first, and then I'll look after my health, which is what a lot of us do, right? Um, yes. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. If we don't have our health, it comes we don't later. Have I'll worry about that later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if we start to really, you know, be taking into account that you need to prioritize the, the, your health goals as much as your revenue goals, then that starts to shift how you are wanting, how you're going to spend your time. Um, how we map out, you know, um, the goalposts along the way, the milestones that we want to reach, um, and then it, and then that's when it it starts to get so easy to, to create balance because then it's like, of course, I'm going to go to my 9 a.m. yoga class because that makes me feel so energized, and then I'm so much more productive at work, and then when I go to the next thing, I've you know I've got the uh, I can convert. Uh, all the people in the meeting over to what I'm trying to sell, you know, so it's just, um, it starts mm-hmm. to feed on itself. This this new way of thinking about, um, you know, bringing meaning into everything that we do. Mm. I love that because you're, you're really talking about not putting yourself last, right? You're you yes. as a person are just as important as your business and the goals that you have have to align on both sides, right? It can't just be a one-sided focus on your business, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you know, how's your business going to be successful at that point, right? It's going to suffer. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yes. That is amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that is something that everybody needs to think about, you know, whether you're working in your own business or whether you're working in corporate. Um, I've said many times on the podcast, self-care was just not something I even understood for a really long time. It was just yes. not on my radar. And so now that I know about it, it's I try to find ways to work that in. And next year is really going to be my focus on that a lot more. So I'm excited to hear what you're sharing. And it's making me think about ideas for myself. So thank you for sharing that. Okay, so we are going to transition into what I call the rise up and be visible quick tips. And so I'm going to ask you four questions. I'd love to hear your responses. The first one is visibility is and then fill in the blank. Visibility is about being fully expressed, you know, finding your voice, speaking your truth and contributing your greatest gifts to the world. I love it. And you keep saying that. And I love that. (laughs) Contributing your greatest gifts to the world. I love, love, love that. Oh, that's amazing. Do you have advice or a tip that you could share with the listeners on what you have done to be visible? Um, One of the things that I struggled with for a very, very long time was um, living in what I think of as like chronic invisibility patterning. Um, And I always made myself small. um, And when... I hit rock bottom, like when I did hit that burnout phase and I had to kind of recalibrate everything, I realized that, um, you know, these invisibility patterns were actually, um, they were there to keep me safe. 
And I think that one of the reasons we are wired for invisibility just as much as we're wired to do other things is that safety piece. Um, and then in the coaching work that I did, uh, I started to really see how that was limiting the results I was getting in my life. Um, and then at some point in that process, it became clear that my calling required me to stop dimming down and start being invisible. Um, so, yeah, I think that in terms of, of a tip for visibility, it's to um, acknowledge that the, the way you've been showing up in the past has served you well. And not to be harsh with yourself, not beat yourself up and say, wow, you know, I just spent 25 years playing small and not being visible. Um, because I think that that is another thing that we tend to do. Um, and so instead, just honor that you are at a space in your journey, a space and time in your journey that you are ready to step into visibility and speak your truth because it does require courage and it does require, yeah, the, the, that support. So give that support to yourself first. That just makes me so happy to hear you talk about that. I, you know, invisibility patterns, I think, is a really good way to say it because we don't realize we're doing it. And I believe, too, that you will never be visible if you don't believe you're safe and it, that it's okay to be that way. And so I think that's one of the things... Right. I've realized is trying to make sure that that people feel safe, but teaching other leaders how to do that for their teams and for their people so that they can, you know, have yeah. some visible people out there in the world doing great things. Yeah. 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 So that so sense great. of safety is crucial. So yeah. cr absolutely crucial. So what is one piece of leadership or career advice that you were given that has helped you the most? So when I first started working with a coach um he he was he'd worked with some pretty high-powered people and he generated like massive results with the companies that he worked in and so I was completely in awe of him I was completely intimidated by him which I just couldn't believe that I was getting the opportunity to work with him um and after a few sessions with him um, I asked him a question about the direction that my business was going in and how I was so frustrated with, you know, the lack of growth. And he said something to me that, that really shifted everything in lots of ways. He said, you are so much further ahead than where you think you are because you're showing up. You're willing to ask questions. You're willing to make mistakes and you have that deep desire to serve. And so in that moment, I went from feeling small and, and invisible to deciding, you know what? I am showing up and what I'm doing might not be perfect. And my voice might not be big. But when I show up, I know that I do make a difference, even if it's just to one person. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. You know, and it, and there was such a huge knock-on effect from that that moment and that decision. Wow! Oh my gosh, that is really powerful. 
and really helps you shift in a big way. That I love that. Yes. It's amazing. Okay, last question. What books have you read recently that you love and would recommend? Well, the book that I'm reading right now is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I absolutely love this book. Um, it's been on my list for a long time, um, but I finally opened it and now I just can't put it down because it's actually really easy to read and um, all the the research and psychology that pre- he presents is, is, is done in such a way that it's actually easy to absorb and really backs up his points. And I think um, the gist of the, of the book is that Making tiny improvements on a daily basis adds up to a big change, even if the results are hardly noticeable at the very beginning. And um, this is really opposite to the thinking that I grew up with, certainly in a lot of people that I know, in that you know you had to make sweeping changes and grand gestures and big launches and you know uh, no not necessarily um, so I think that this is a very empowering book. He shows you how to create good habits, how to break bad habits, um, how to play to your strengths. But you know this idea, this crucial idea in the book that I love so much is that if you just get better one percent each and every single day you'll be almost 37% better by the end of the year. And then this cumulative growth and change has just massive, massive results. So I love this book and I'm telling everyone about it right now because I I think it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I have a quick funny story to tell you about this. So one of my clients was his wife's college roommate. And... He was writing the book while they were in oh, college. No. Or he I think his wife was in college. I'm not sure if he was. But the funny story is they kept saying, Are you ready to go out? We need to go out. And he's like, But I'm writing. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, just put that book aside. They had no idea, obviously, that this book was going to explode yeah. in the way that it has. And so they always kind of joke around, like, oh, he's just writing some book. Like they had no idea that it was going to become this massive you know, impactful book for everyone. So I love that. I'm always like, gosh, you know him. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. He was at my wedding. Yeah. And it shows that he practices what he preaches because that's exactly what he's saying. Exactly. Show up every day and big changes happen. He he made that thing for sure. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. All right. So if anyone would like to get in touch with you or reach out and talk to you, what's the best way to do that? Um, The best way to do that is to go to my website, it's um, www.storytonic.co um, and yeah there's lots of good stuff there including um, links to my podcast and I yeah I would love to hear from anybody um, who's listened to our interview today Susan oh that would be amazing well can you share a little bit about your podcast I think it would be great for people to know a little more about it and I know you're just getting started with it but I was lucky enough to be a guest that you'll be hearing from soon but I think um, share a little bit about it thank you Susan Um, yes I just launched it so I'm super super excited about it I'm having so much fun doing it including getting to interview you which was so much uh, so much fun we had to uh, just a great conversation. Um, and so I started this, to- this uh, podcast. It's called Your Success Tonic. Um, it's specifically to help high achievers uh, who are ready to step into their 
biggest and most exciting uh, vision of success. And so I, I want to use the podcast to share tips and research uh, and inspiring conversations with amazing people like you around defining authentic success and how we find more freedom and abundance on the other side of that. So I'm, I'm very excited to share that with everyone. Yes. Well, I know people are going to take a lot away from that just because of the conversation today, right? They're learning from you in this conversation and they're going to get to learn from you every week on the podcast. So yay. I'm so excited for you. I know that that's going to be great. Uh, and I can't wait for both of our episodes to yes, come out. <laughs> yours you. on mine and mine on yours, yes. right? Yes, exactly. Well, thanks so much for being here. I really, I learned a lot and I know everyone who listens is going to hear some small nugget that they can take away that I hope makes a difference for them and how they think about success, how they think about burnout and overwhelm. It's not easy to work through that. So I'm hoping everybody who's listening can take away some tips that will help them. Thank you. Yes, me too. I hope that this was helpful. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate your support and having an amazing conversation with you. And I, you know, showing up in such a powerful way for other people. So thank you, Susan. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to leave you a quick message and say Happy New Year to all of you. It has been a really interesting year for me and I'm sure for all of you. I hope you get to spend time with your families and have a happy and healthy new year. And I will see you back in 2023. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.